Hello, everyone. We're really, really happy to see so many people. There's actually just about only one, two seats left, but they're in the very middle of the room. Can you get in there? There's one here as well. Good to see so many, and uh, we're going for a session on international co-production, um, and we have three distinguished guests who will tell us everything you need to know about co-production within a short while, and you'll have all the chances to ask questions and get to know more. But before that, we have a little... Uh, is it a, an ad or is it a presentation? It, it allowed us to present our, our program here, and I'm not alone. Uh, I'm with Alexandre Cornu, who is the board, uh, the chairman we just learned. In, Fran in French, is uh, le, le président, but... Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, we want to tell you something very quickly about Eurodoc. Eurodoc is one of the European programs uh, that are there to train young producers. And uh, we are doing this, I mean, there are also other programs, I will not uh, mention all the names now, but uh, Eurodoc is one of the oldest ones, I think it is the oldest one that is Yes, I think it's, uh, it's uh, for 16 years now, 16 years. So what we do is we have two groups, and an English-speaking one and a French-speaking one, and uh, producers come to us and uh, they apply with a project. And over nine months' time in three different sessions, which are all one week long, we develop the projects in first place. In the, in the first round, it's only about content. In the second round, we speak mainly about financing, co-production. And in the third round, we invite commission editors from all over the world. And uh, the participants have something like 45, minute, 45 minutes with uh, each commission editor and uh, we invite around 20 to 30 people uh, who are representing commission editors who are representing more or less uh, a wide range of slots. Uh, but we are, we can say, we are a little bit focused on author-driven documentaries. Yeah, we can say that, yeah. We can say uh, a very interesting thing too, that 80% uh, of the project will be, uh, has been done during these uh, 16 years. Uh, yeah, 16 years, yeah. And we also have sometimes quite successes, because this guy who's sitting there actually... That's right. Uh, ...was our student uh, a few years ago, and uh, he worked on a project that won a year later here the main award in Amsterdam. So, um, that's it. I think. Yeah, I think, yes. We are in the room. If you want, uh, if you have some question, we can try to answer. And Sarah, Sarah is there. Maybe you stand up, Sarah, because she will stay here the whole time. And if you have any questions of maybe applying, because the deadline you see yeah. is very soon. The thing is, you, you can just end your it it the 29 and uh, apply for the, for the 30 at the end of the month. You have one full day to, to apply. But we... <laughs> but what we don't expect to, I mean, we expect more or less what you sent there is more or less what you also present here probably to colleagues or what you have. The only thing I need to be extra is more or less your motivation letter that you explain us a little bit why you want to do it. And it's open uh, to everybody. It's also open to people from outside the media country because, of course, this is media supported. But uh, we are also open and we take around four people from uh, outside the media world. 
Can so, I add something, Haino? You just took course, my of course, yeah. You, you just took the opportunity that I want to uh, advertise Eurodog. And but anyway, <laughs> thank you. Um, actually, when I apply to Eurodog in 2000, I think it was nine. I was even late. I didn't meet the deadline, but they still accepted it. So <laughs> now it's kind of you are running out of time. The deadline is around the corner. But if your project is good and if you think your project needs to be developed right. and just, uh, you know, send them an email, <laughs> give, them, give them a call. I know, couldn't we, for the people who are so good to be present today, they get an extra day? No, this is, to be honest, this is, the deadline You're is right. there. And of course, we so have to make decisions. And I tell you, honestly, we have to read it also before. So there is a little bit of a pressure. But I think, Sarah, we have two or three days. We... Uh, we would give to the people. I think that is uh, still possible. But anyway, there's not only this year, there's also the year after that. And uh, there was a question. Yes. You said outside of media, but also is it outside of Europe? Are you Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside of media is outside of Europe. So Canada. it's the whole world. We had, look, here's uh, Korean. Yes. Thank <laughs> um, you. We had people from Argentina, from everywhere. I have a very short question. If I'm from Ukraine, I can still apply, but then I pay myself everything. Um, there is a support for people who are coming from non-media countries. So it's cheaper for them than for the people who are coming from uh, the media countries. But most of the, unfortunately, I'm German, unfortunately I have to say, uh, uh, the most expensive way it's for Germany because we hardly get any support for it. But I have in this year, we had in the group two Bulgarians who were getting the full amount from their national film board and it's normally supported in the home territories of the people. If it's not in Ukraine yet, but it's at least cheaper because we have an extra fund for the people who are coming from non-media countries. Sarah. Sarah. Well, Sarah, will you be down here afterwards? Then everyone with uh, questions could come to you. Yeah, good, perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we don't Thanks want so to steal your time no, no, with no, no, all no. these fantastic people here. We'll give them the microphone. Okay, let's get going. Co-production. Just to give a sense, of course, we mainly want to hear from these three people, but just to give a sense, get a sense of who's in the audience. All of those of you who have never done a co-production, could you raise your hand? Okay. All of those thinking about co-production but not having done one yet. Yeah, quite a few. And those who have done co-productions, several throughout. Okay, so we'll try to cater for all of you. Um, we have a great panel here. Mike Lerner from UK, Helga Albas, uh, Minchul Kim from Korea. And uh, basically the way we'll arrange it is we'll do uh, a why, how, and what of uh, co-production. But feel free to ask questions at any time. I'll try and look out. It's a bit dark out there, so maybe wave uh, your hand. Uh, but we do want questions as we go along. Um, the first thing that struck me when I saw when I came in here is that you all have very fancy names for your companies. Is that uh, the new Vogue? It used to be serious film productions kind of thing when you did documentaries, but now it's Roast Beef, Achtung Panda, and Dog Air. Any comments on that? Sorry, I'm starting. I think it reflects the surreal nature of the, the work that we do, I think. 
It's surreal. 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 Yeah, it's, it's I mean, a bit quirky. It's pretty hip, isn't it? Yeah, no. And uh, you're in the flight business? Um, yeah, I like to, I wanted to confuse people with this name so people can think, okay, this is my, might be uh, in-flight entertainment. So, <laughs> so can, oh, we can sell, we can make some money. <sighs> Great. Okay, the, the first question is, is why, and we may also get to the why not. But, um, I mean, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is we need more money, let's co-produce. Uh, and you can obviously say some things about that, but try also say a few things about why else, what other reasons for co-producing could there be? Mike? Well, obviously the the story of the film could be something that, you know, lends itself to a number of countries being involved in its creation and the, the talent involved in the film as well, maybe all making a film about Spain with a Italian director and a you know, uh, so so those are the reasons. Of, and, of, and you know, obviously, money is a reason, but it's uh, you know, uh, as we'll discuss, I'm sure it's far more complicated than 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 it, it, it at first seems. And and you you look at all these countries' film funds and resources, and you think, oh well, we can we we'll get a bit of that. And and then of course, the actual process and reality of getting it is 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 far more complicated. So I think uh, you have a more optimistic. Um, idea about what it what it can mean, and then the you know when you start actually doing it, I think you find it's uh, it's 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 usually worth it, but sometimes uh, you, you 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 struggle. <laughs> Any other good reasons for co-producing? <laughs> um, well, exposure is a, I think is is a, is part of it. I mean, every co-producer on a film is is always the best ambassador for that film in in, in a territory, and has his most interest of getting it out. And getting it seen in that territory, so that could be one reason I think. And I mean, for me personally, it's also I mean, co-producing is is a modus of operation, and um, I quite enjoy that that process of, of um, collaborating with other producers. It's almost more on the producer level than on the on the you know, there's one producer who will develop a project and work with a filmmaker, but still, there's a whole pool of producers, or sometimes just two. You know, it depends. But that cooperation on the producer's level is something that I find quite attractive and then have learned to like to live with. Yeah, to yeah. me, it's, it's more, uh, more or less the same as what uh, Helga, sorry, <laughs> uh, you, you just say. But um, to, to Korean, I think this is also pretty much the same for uh, most Asian filmmakers. Why do you want to co-produce internationally? It's more about the audience market. You want to show your film globally. You don't really care. You don't really give a shit about financing, to be honest. I mean, they don't even know what, what does it take. They don't even care. It's, they just want to meet the global audiences. They, they want to screen the film in international film festivals like, like ITFAR. And their motivation is like that. But me, from, uh, from producer's point of view, I, I really enjoy working... Um, the, the process of uh, creative collaboration with um, international uh, creative talents. Sometimes they don't even speak the same language, and they don't Korean or Asian filmmakers don't even speak English. Somehow they manage to work together, which is really rewarding. 
And can you say a bit about how it works for you to, I mean, what kind of, do you get a market just by co-producing? Do you get access to audiences? How does it, it, it is it oh. a, a way of thinking in the co-production? Or I think it has a lot to do with the storytelling um, because uh, I, 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 I have to say that uh, what is the market for documentary? I mean, where is the market? It's in the West. It's basically Europe, mostly uh, West and the North Europe, where the money, where, where the money comes from, and North America mostly. I mean, but they have a different way of telling the story. They have this audience, the Western audience, have different way of uh, different way of um, um, let's say enjoying the storytelling. And I mean, some of them, I, I can see some Asian faces here. Like Asian way of storytelling, the Chinese storytelling is, is completely different. And you just don't know how to, how to uh, tell the story to the different uh, audience who have a completely different understanding of it. Then, you know, by co-producing -produ co uh, with, like, with the Western uh, production company producer or editor or sound designer, you just this is kind of interesting you 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 learn and you you actually have a chance to to uh, to satisfy both and that's the the so you would consider it a good thing for all projects you work on or are there projects where you think this should never be this should only be a korean production um of course i'm yeah i i have done so far five five international co-productions um and most of the co-productions are like first Korean Danish, first Korean Belgian, first Korean Finnish co-production. None of them have been really easy. All of them have its dramas, tears, fights, fist fights sometimes, but whatever. Um, but it's really difficult. And I, I'm, I have to say that I'm not a big fan of international co-production, even though I really enjoy it. But I'm, I, I have to say that it's not, it's not something that everybody has to do or it's not something that anyone can do but definitely it is rewarding and it's beautiful complex definitely and let's ask the two of you uh, why reasons not for not co-producing i mean it is a challenge and um i if you can produce a film within your own territory if you if you are able to finance it is a much easier way to to work on a film i think still i mean co-productions there's just no no you know no easy truth about this um it's it's it is rewarding as it is challenging and um i if you ask me i'd, I'd always prefer to to have the, the hands-on production that i can finance myself but some films just don't work like that and uh, then you have to understand and you have to know what a co-production means and, and uh, if you have to go for co-production then you should you know understand it perfectly <laughs> but if you don't have to you don't need it don't do it <laughs> yeah yeah you you may leave now all of those of you who who don't need it and we we were talking before there is a difference obviously between co-producing and with broadcasters and distributors and co-producing between producers and you know the reason to co-produce with another producer is because you both bring experience and skill set and 
all kinds of things to, to the project that make it better. And, and, and filmmaking is a collaborative business anyway. And uh, I very much enjoy developing projects with other producers, wherever they might be, even in UK. I mean, it doesn't have to be in another country. But, you know, and the reason to do it is because you share some kind of uh, excitement over the, the story and some, as I say, you're bringing your different experience to how to make the film work. So I think that's that's always a good thing. I think the financing side is is far more problematic, you know, and, and the reasons not to are who needs five commissioning editors sitting in, in your edit, you know. I mean, that obviously sometimes can be smooth sailing, but inevitably you're being pulled in different directions by, by the different sources of money. And, of course... Um, you know that's that's a, a big headache for the, the director and, and the editor of the film. I mean, having to take on board different um, you know agendas and different ideas. And what's your role as a producer in that? Let's look at the situation. You have a screening. It's a first rough cut. Maybe uh, everybody's a bit tense. There's money from all sides. Uh, they may have invested in the money, hoping that wow, there's a German uh, protagonist in there or this film was shot in the fjords of Norway or whatever and they sit there and the editor is nervous, the, the director is nervous. What, what do you do as a producer? Well, I th obviously a very important dynamic is the relationship between these editors and, and very often you are working with people who have worked together before and so they know each other's sort of uh, idiosyncrasies or, or desires or, or sorts of things. So in a way, there is that. if that's the case, then a lot of that can be sorted out you know, before you get to the first viewing or something. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a producer's job to protect the director from conflicting information and conflicting input and, and, and so you have to tough it out a bit and, and try and streamline that process. You're a moderator to a certain extent I think and it, it depends a bit, I mean there's different roles, even producers roles in a co-production uh, group right um, there, there's probably al always one lead producer who developed a project who works along with the director on, on the concept and, and on the execution of the film and that producer will in my understanding, should be the one who's, who's sort of leading um, that situation. And the other producers ideally should support that person, that producer. I mean, my, if, if I come in as a minority producer, I'm happy to give my opinion and express what I think. And uh, at the same time, I'm, I'm prepared to step back if I feel that's, you know, for the process that I won't get any further. Or, you know, sometimes you just can't get a point through, especially not in that particular... When you sit there with five commissioning editors, you don't want to open a discussion... You want to clear points beforehand or after, but not at this situation. Just to clarify, uh, how many of you are producers and how many directors? Because obviously there are different roles in this, about half-half. Um, and you mentioned one thing, Mike, and we'll get on to sort of the details. Please ask if concepts are used, minority production or anything like that, that you need clarified, because, uh, but otherwise we'll just go along. Uh, the difference between co-producing with partners, as uh, Helge was talking about, where you, you as a German producer have a colleague in Switzerland or Norway or whatever, and then you're co-producing and he, that partner is delivering to film institutes and, and broadcasters, and then the kind of co-production you've done where it's the broadcasters from other countries who become the co-producers. Could you say a little about that role and how it's different from a producer-to-producer -producer collaboration? 
Well, I guess producer to producer, your your colleagues, in de, you know, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in making something together and negotiating with the, you know, the, the financiers. So uh, it's a very different relationship. But really, the, when you're co-producing with, uh, uh, broad, you know, multiple broadcasters or distributors, really, you're just taking on more bosses. Really, is all you're doing. You're not. They're not. They're not colleagues in, in the same way and so so it's a very different relationship and you know and, and and the producer to producer thing is obviously every film is different and every as i say every film is a collaboration anyway so whether you have more than one producer or you know however that works and, and as i say especially if people I mean, if i'm making you know which i have done i mean afghan stars a film produced in afghanistan with an Afga afghan producer i mean we probably couldn't have made that film without their help and expertise and understanding and just negotiating difficult countries like that. So, you know, very often that's the reason, would be the reason to, to, to work with someone because they have experience in a particular place or with particular situation that you don't have. So, uh, but yeah, no, it, but then, and the other, it becomes, yeah, it's very fraught. It's, I mean, we're going to talk about some case studies, I think, and that will probably throw up, the, these things but I mean it's it's certainly not a science it's certainly not it's, it's something that is constantly evolving and you have new distributors and new broadcasters coming in and who have never done a co-production with anyone before you know and, and so you're setting precedents and it's very you know it can be very a lot of you know very complicated sort of negotiations and stuff which is you know obviously draining of energy and time and you know I mean it's the stuff you'd really if there is no formula, there is no. This is how it's done. You just tick these boxes, and that—that's all happening. It's you always start from scratch, pretty much. So it's a pain. <laughs> <laughs> we end in this hole every every round of questions where oh, don't ever go there. Uh, but let's start on a on a positive note. How does it all start? I mean, does it start uh, with? With contracts, with a sense of who does what? Does it start with a personal relation? Does it start with uh, looking at the project, seeing what's in there, what could be done? Uh, where does it start for you, Minchu? My case, uh, it started with a uh, with, um, party. Um, and then that was my first co-production with, fin with Finland. And that was actually the first co-production ever I, I made. And I didn't know what that guy was doing. And I met this Finnish guy from the small city in, in Finland. And he was looking for an opportunity to work internationally, but not necessarily co-production, even documentary, whatever. And I just, just you know, I got hooked up with this guy as a, as a beer friend. We just, you know, we did just, just round off uh, one more beer, one more beer. And we just ended up, that's a very internationally well-known game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we ended up waking up. Uh, I ended up waking up in his bed. So <laughs> then it became kind of my advice. If you want to uh, start a co-production, you first you have to sleep in the same bed. <laughs> because, no, it's, it's, not, it's not funny. I mean, it's, it's, I'm serious because... It's very much international co-production. Is very much like a uh, like a marriage, international marriage. Um, you are, you know, you, you have completely different uh, conditions and situation, system, background, and you try to make something together. 
And very often you, you just get attracted uh, by this wealth or position or names, whatever. And then you just jump into bed and you just, no, without, without even uh, sleeping in the same bed, you just already, you're already married. You're walking, you know, walking down the aisle hand in hand. And when you realize that, oh, shit, this is not the guy that I want to marry, that I want to, want to spend my life with, it's too late because you already have a baby crying. <laughs> I mean, so literally, this is really important. that Because international co-production really involves um, a lot of uh, problems, a lot of issues, a lot of problems. So I, I consider myself, when I internationally co-produce, I see myself as a troubleshooter or a fixer or very often psychotherapist or guru that I... Uh, of course, Asians you know, have an advantage. You can be gurus in ways that the rest uh, of us can't. Yeah, just like all Asians can do kung fu and, you know... Exactly, yeah. yeah. But, but the method of uh, sleeping together, have you used that on, on all the co-production or, or beer drinking together? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, but also it's, it's dangerous. Don't, don't sleep with the... Especially when you are the opposite... Uh, it's, it's also dangerous that you, um, you, you start making real, uh, real baby. But anyway, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that um, I, st- uh, like I happened to co-produce this film with this uh, Finnish, Finnish, small Finnish production company without even knowing uh, the rules for co-production. We didn't, I didn't even know that the money that you raise in your country need to be spent in that country. So when my director found out that the, the, the Finnish money raised by this Finnish guy need to be spent in, in Finland, then we, we actually didn't really have a room for co-production, additional like, you know, creative talent, because the director himself is a cameraman, and he's confident uh, with editing himself. He, he has been always editing his film. And the only thing that we could possibly do, not necessarily, but we could do is maybe we can make posters, flyers. <laughs> and I don't know, but then we somehow, yeah, but from early on, I actually thought, I'm talking about Planet of Snail. I mean, it's, the it's film the, that won at Yitfa how many years ago? 2011. 11. Yeah. So that's, uh, that film is, is about blind and deaf poet. So this uh, audio-visual experience for audience like, is ex- extremely important. We, we, we need to be, uh, we wanted to bring the audience to the world, the inner world of this guy. So we want this audience to, to experience how it is to, to be deaf and blind. And then from early on, I actually uh, noticed that we have to have a really creative sound design. Luckily, Finland has a very good sound designers because perhaps because of the landscape or because of sauna or because of uh, the vodka. It's, so, they it's drink. so quiet there, so yeah. So they're a little bit crazy, and it's uh, it, yeah. So that was perfect, but then we didn't we didn't uh, expect that it to be that expensive. <laughs> so the sound design we had like a. a 30,000 euros sound design. And then when my director found out that uh, the cost for sound design is that much, and he didn't, without knowing the rule, that the money that we raise in, in Finland need to be spent there, he thought, I mean, if we do, I mean, 
we didn't really have the concept for sound design. We thought, this, yeah, mixing, mastering. So we could do that with uh, with ten percent. You know, three thousand euros. We could do. We could do a pretty decent uh, sound. You know, mixing and and mastering in Korea. So, it, and then we also had the money um, from YLE, which was like small Finnish television. Yeah, like ten thousand euros. So then that money didn't have a condition. So we just. Why don't we just break the contract? <laughs> we, don't, we don't work with this guy, and then we we take this money from YLE. We could spend that money on sound design. I mean mixing, and then we we, we still have a uh, six thousand euros left. <laughs> and with that money, we can pay our uh, assistant director. But so, yeah. you ended up doing the whole thing. Uh, and because was the director the, happy at the end with the sound? Yeah, of and course. The I mean, because of that. Because of that, uh, he almost cried, and then I almost uh, uh, got into peace fight. But we didn't. We, it didn't happen because, um, luckily, our um, my co-producer from Finland, because you know he's, he's just a friend, and we somehow, uh, while Ika is not here, so we, we somehow made a kind of you know. Uh, ah, you made some shady deal about we, we made, uh, how you yeah, whitewashed the money out of We had to, we had to do some, uh, yeah, some uh, funky, uh, <laughs> but I mean, everybody does. So it's not just me, so don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, anyway, but, but, but I mean, it's, it's really important that uh, there is a trust that you and your co-producer. Otherwise, it really can get hairy. Mm. I mean, I've seen some producers suing each other. It's not very nice. So personal relations is is a starting point for you. What are, what about you? What, what where do you start off? Yeah, I mean just just to pick up something Minchu said. Um, it's it's very important to to get the the director on board into the concept of a co-production early on because it always means that all European funds at least have uh, have have a need to involve creative, personal and and uh, you know want want to be present in a project mostly through creative input. So and and the directors have to understand that that means they might have to work with a whatever DOP editor composer post production you know each project differs but but you have to give at some point if you come into a co production with um, a set team and a set idea where you want to do co production and don't leave any space for any co producer it's going to be a tough one mm. it's going to be difficult to to co produce mm. yeah. so. Uh, Mike, you said at some point the word deal memo. Is that a starting point for a, a co-production? I mean, I, 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 not only with co-producers, but with directors or anybody that you want to work with, it's it's totally about them. And, and in a way, the project is secondary to the talent and the people that you want to work with. Um, and obviously, stories are important. But, you know, if I meet a director that I think is, I just want to work with, then, that, then we'll find a way of working and it's the same very often with the co-producer you know at events like this of course and and, and others you know you, you sort of meet with people and you feel you have a empathy and ambition to do good work together and and then and then yeah you'll find a way through to doing some kind of deal memo which of course is different with every film and um you know i'm I'm not a great fan of pieces of paper really i think you know ultimately you've got an agreement with someone you're going to do this and you like you say you're going to trust them and people are going to do it because then you can do it again and you know plus you'll end up with a with a good project so so yeah i think it's very much on a you know human level really this it starts on a human level yeah. but you need to get to the deal memo yeah. at some point yeah 
uh, before you wake up and realize certain things yeah. are different. No, that's you. right, before, yeah. Um, and that, that can be complicated or easy, depending on the situation and on, on the individuals and... and yeah, I mean, I wish again. I wish there was a simple pro app that you could have the co-pro app, yeah. and you go. This That's is the great, subject. Yeah. This is the film. These are people. Tell me what it should look like. And of course, you know, you do develop these these memos if you like over time. And you know, we do tend to use a similar form of words and form of um, uh, deal. But um, you know, it, it uh, you know every time it's different. We'll go on to the cases, but any questions before that? Any uh, things you need clarified, concepts we're using, anything like that? How many are scared off from ever doing a co-production uh, by now? Ah, okay, we've only lost a handful. <laughs> and even some, some strange ones. Um, let's let's go on to look at, uh, at at real films made and and see how they got that way and why they were co-produced and Hopefully, also tell us about some of the difficulties, um, and we'll start with you, Helge, and a film you that is out already. The, f the film is called "Imagine Waking Up Tomorrow and All Music Has Disappeared." It's uh, it's screened here at Itfa. The film um, premiered in Neon and went on to do a nice festival circuit. Was uh, released in Germany and in Switzerland. It's a Swiss-German co-production, to be precise. The, Swiss producer is the majority producer in this film. Um, I came on board on this film. Um, it's a good question. We shot the film in 13. So I came on board about a year earlier, in 12. The um, director of the film, uh, Stefan Schwietert, pretty well-established director in, in Germany and Switzerland. Uh, he is based in Berlin, but he's Swiss. And he has worked with the Swiss co-producer before, and we haven't worked together until this production. And um, he basically, I mean, he, he just, we had a meeting, he told me about this project. Um, I knew him from a, from a pre-selection committee we were on together. So it's very important, these, you know, how you meet. And um, being in that selection committee, we, we had a chance to really understand if we tick in the same way. And, and we, we talked, if you talk about films a lot, you understand where you're going. So, do you have to agree? Do you have to have similar tastes? Is that important? I think you have to have a feeling that you work on the same film, that you have an understanding that, that you're actually talking about the same film. Um, I, I want to make, which is not always the case. I mean, you can have very different films in mind when you talk about the subject. And um, so we sat down. He, he introduced me to, to the idea of the film. He wanted to make a film about um, musicians. He, he always does music docs. And this one was about. Um, uh, pushing down the boundaries between the performer and uh, the audience. And he um, told me about this, the, the protagonist of the film, Bill Drummond, a Scottish artist who was very successful in the early 90s um, with, with a pop act, uh, the KLF, and then stopped doing that and, and um, started this um, project that we are in half in the film, The 17, it's called. And I, w I, was, I, I knew that band from early on. I was at this point, I was super interested in doing something that has sort of a pop, pop cultural context um, um, and I, I knew the director so it was as, as a package it was very strong for me I knew I could do something for the film on the financing side he's based in Berlin um, we have a team he, he brought a DP who's also based in Berlin but is also a Swiss citizen 
Um, it's, it's very important to understand the technicalities of co-productions also. And uh, in, in this case, it, it just worked really well in, in that regard. Let's watch the trailer and then talk about the technicalities afterwards. Sure. to make music with nothing but their voices. You surely can't say one note for just Wonderful seeing film, not just talking about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, take us through. I mean, for for some people, I'm from Denmark. It's a neighboring country, but still, Germany is this weird beast with a lot of reg regional systems and so on. You don't need to go into minute details, but could you give an overview and thereby also give some sense of how complicated co-production could be? Okay. Well, I mean, um, so the the project for me started off with from the director's side, basically. So I, I met the co-producer, Swiss co-producer, after I spoke to Stefan and, and sort of had a strong interest in the project. And then after that, contacted the, the producer and we met in Berlin. And um, that was sort of, that's the next step. If, if that would have failed and, and we would have felt that, that we don't belong together or something, then it also could have meant the end for me in, in that project, right? But um, on the contrary, it was a very good co-production experience for me to work with Maximage, a Swiss company. Uh, we did another film after that, actually. So it's it, that was a really good relationship. And uh, did you, did you think at that point I should look for a partner where I will do more than one film? Was that part of your strategy? No, no. The other project came around the corner from from a different end. I, I didn't even that that wasn't foreseeable. It just, if, I mean, if you if you work together well, then, then you should continue, I think, in general. Um, and so the process from there was basically to, uh, kind of like a regular process in every project, you identify 
the cost of the film. We, we haven't really budgeted that. And it's good to budget together as co-producers because you, you have, to, you know, every budget reflects um, what each of the co-producers needs and uh, co-production costs. It makes films more expensive. Um, partly because of, of spend issues. Um, I mean, Minchu explained this quite nicely. You know, you could have done a really cheap sound mix, but instead you had to go for a little bit more expensive version, but then again, you, you gain something, right? So it's, but you have to understand that and you have to understand that in the budgeting process to, to really see where it becomes more expensive. There's more overheads on a film in a co-production than on, on if I produce by myself. And um, so we, we identified the cost of the film and then we put together a preliminary financing plan. From the German side, I went down a pretty traditional route, I would say, and, and I approached a public broadcaster and I approached um, our regional fund. It's a very strong regional funding system in Germany um, that sort of supports producers from that particular region, ideally wants to see films shot in those regions. Uh, asks for, for spend in that region that is quite considerably considerably higher than what they give in funding. So you always need free money to spend in, in those regions. Um, so uh, can you say, uh, so per 100 euros you get, how much did you have to spend in, in Berlin area? In, in, that ca in the case of that project, I think one must have been like 170% or so. So it, it differs, you know, you, with each application you... you have a new proposal, but it's it's roughly I mean, it's rarely less than 150 percent, I would say. Um, so what else was in, in the German financing? We had um, the the federal uh, film fund uh, was part of the financing, and we had a little MG for from a German distributor in there. The German tax credit was part of the German financing. It's a very fund-driven financing. Yeah, very. It's a lot of soft money in there. But as you mentioned early on, uh, you had some gifts already in the project that the DOP happened to be a Swiss living in Berlin, the director the same. If this had been a Romanian director with a Canadian DOP, would you have said no to that project? <laughs> oh, that <laughs> the, <laughs> the pause. It depends. I don't know. It, it depends a little bit how keen you really are then to, to come on. I mean, if, if you would have had the same status, if it would have been the same protagonist, I probably would have gone for it, I think. But it would have made it much much harder to raise that amount of money. The whole financing of the film was um, close to 800,000 euros. We raised 40% uh, of that in, in Germany. And uh, so you have to have some... I mean, that's that's quite a bit and and you have to understand how to how to arrive at that amount and that's much more difficult with the Romanian director and the DOP from from Canada so it, it sort of limits your possibilities if you have a construction that doesn't lend itself to co-production so nicely but that's I mean you're experienced producers so you know those things but projects do come in various shapes and forms and yeah. some are harder to work than others um, then, I mean, if you look at the film, it, 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 it's not a particularly German or Swiss film. It's a Scottish main character. It's uh, in English. It's entirely shot in, in the UK, except for two shooting days we had in Berlin for one of the performances in the film. Otherwise, it's um, that's the film it is. I mean, this is the proposal we, we had to give to the, to the uh, funds and to our financiers. So uh, it, it means we had... A lot of shooting days outside Germany. We, we had a 
a lot of the spend was abroad and, and um, couldn't be part of the German tax credit, etc. So a couple of technicalities. But in, in general, I mean, I do a lot of films that are not shot in, in Germany. I, I mostly produce films that are international co-productions. So, you, yeah, I mean, again, you know, to make it work. Did you think of a Scottish UK co-producer for the film? We spoke to a co-producer from from Scotland, um, and at the end of the day, we just we, we arrived at the, we we understood that we can finance this film out of Germany and Switzerland. So I mean, the, the majority financing came out of Switzerland. It's a very good co-production country. They have fantastic possibilities, and. Um, it, it was just enough for the financing, and so that's what I said earlier. It's in a way, we didn't have the need for a co-producer in the UK. Mm. Um, I think the UK, if, if they would have come on as, as a co-producer, we, we were already quite closed as a concept. It would have meant we would have to open it up in terms of creative input. Um, we had two commissioning editors on the project already from German television and Swiss television. Is it really interesting and what what could we accommodate the needs of a UK broadcaster if they would have come on board I mean which wasn't a given and do you do you sense a cultural difference from from Germany to to UK do you think it would have been a different perspective on the film yeah well maybe yes um, you only know that you don't don't know it if you, if you haven't done it but I, I guess the UK commissioning editors are a little bit more Hands-on. I mean, our co our commissioning editors were quite relaxed and hands-off, and, and uh, just let us do what we wanted. And um, I think between us as co-producers, um, we were very, very uh, a very good team in, in sort of being uh, creative partners to the director. I don't see a need in that project to to have another strong creative voice in there, hmm. and um, it, it wouldn't have helped us. Hmm. I have a feeling. So the, the choice of co-production is also a, a choice of commissioning editors. Who does one want to work with? How how does this project? Uh, yeah, do you want the room with five people or not? Yep. Yeah. Any question? Yeah, up here. Well, and the film premiered at Edinburgh Festival, and um, I was really hoping that sort of that would be the the, the splash into the territory, and uh, you know, Bill is. Scottish and and you know the Scots are very you know they're proud and they love you know they they love what they do they love what they are and I was hoping that he as a Scot in 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 the Edinburgh Festival would would be sort of would would make an impact and it it didn't quite work the way I I was hoping uh, so no we didn't find a distributor in in the UK and but. At the same time, Bill was always I mean he always offered and it was kind of he always wanted to take the film with him and and distribute by himself so we, after the festival we we did a deal with bill drummond to um to give and gave him the the rights for the uk basically and uh, except for the television so if, if there's a tv sale um we, we have a different split but everything theatrical um home entertainment if it happens will be with him and he's he, the way he operates is very hands-on and he, he just needs to get out and then you know, be with people, and he does a tour, or he will do a tour with the film through the UK and show it at, at single screening events. But uh, yeah, here. Hello. Um, if I understood right, you 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 personally uh, took the money from Germany, and the movie was shot in uh, UK. Is it right? That's right. So, 
uh, since you, 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 about, you spoke about a, a huge budget that you had uh, as a financial plan, uh, how did you manage to, to cover the cost in UK? So you, you did some pre-sale or uh, distributor agreements. Um, I imagine that the money that you ra raised in, in Germany was spent in Germany for paying w uh, the job of people and so I wanted to ask how the expenses were covered. Well, you, you have to be careful to, to have enough free money available in order to, to spend it somewhere else. Um, I mean, f first of all, I, the, the budget was appropriate, not huge. In my, I, I didn't feel huge to me, but um, it's um, <coughs> to cover the cost in the UK basically means the cost of accommodation and travel. I mean, we had a complete German-Swiss crew that was traveling over to the UK working there. Um, we tried to cover as much costs and that we could f through Germany. Every rental car, every hotel you book, etc., you book through German agents, so you make it a German expense um you know so the, the cost in the uk weren't that high obviously bill he earned some money on it yeah we, we gave him a fee and and there are costs in the uk yes but it's not it's not a huge chunk but i mean the, you it's right to raise the question because there have been films made where it it didn't work out where you actually had to break up the co-production because the demands from several countries were too high to, uh, for it uh, to work. So it takes quite a bit of effort and uh, the producers have to work together to solve issues like that. So Yeah, you have to develop an understanding and the re respect for the needs of the other producer. I think it's very important. Yeah, yeah here. I am a commissioning editor working with Al Jazeera Arabic, and we did several co-productions. One was now shown on Edfa, Guantanamo Child, between Al Jazeera and CBC, and before that, Agora, if you are aware of, between WDR in Germany and Al Jazeera Arabic. I think one of the most benefits is sharing that content in different languages. Usually, the co-production that is done for international stories that you can share in different languages are so... Um, wonderful, not only for the commissioning editors and the TV stations, but for the audiences. I think the producers are the ones who can tailorate those stories that have international uh, impact, and then the TV stations, they will share the budget and they will all benefit, and for each of them, it will be a premiere in their own language. And basically, the German audience will see those films only in German language, UK will be in English, in the Arab world, it will be in Arabic. And co-production, from that point of view, need to be more and more um, utilized. And I think there is still a big room for co-production in, in the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. We need uplifting comments on the, <laughs> the future of, of uh, co-production. Um, any last comments before we go to the next case on, on how it worked or maybe some difficulties or... Well, I mean, the, the whole production went, went pretty smooth un, until very late. Um, I, uh, I worked in a different company uh, when we started this film uh, called Flying Moon. And that company went bankrupt uh, in the process of post-production. And so that was a tough phase. I think, I mean, obviously for me and so on, I, that I owned that company for 16 years and so on. It's you know, not easy. But also for the co-producers, 
That's a difficult step. I mean, we sort of we managed to get everything cleared before, and the film was delivered and uh, was uh, you know was finished and delivered and, and everything was fine. I think it's, uh, but that's a hiccup that um, can happen in any co-production. I mean, the, the situation of, of the independent producers, I'm almost everywhere, is that we are walking on very thin ice. And uh, if, if you have a couple of, of um, accidents, uh, as we had in, in over the years, and, and um, you step into um, you step into bankruptcy, that's that's a reality. Also, you have to you must not be naive about you know working together with different partners. I mean, I'm, the reason why we went bankrupt was basically we had other co-producers going bankrupt, and um, so that's hmm. it, it can and, happen. And how in that phase of, of bankruptcy, how does it work? Because then you. You have a personal relation with another producer, but at the same time, the company that he should have trust in is is not there anymore. How does you have to fix it on on two levels? You have to first of all make sure that the the um, personal level is intact, because again, I mean, there's a lot of trust. I mean, co-production is based on trust. Obviously, bankruptcy is something that you know, has has a very bad taste, and it's, it's something you you should really understand first of all and and be open and upfront about between the co-producers, inform each other at a very early stage. Um, generally, I think being open about your financial situation between co-producers is a, is a good thing, is a necessity. And so I, I tried my best, you know, it's, it's, it, it's not an easy situation, you know, to sort of be proactive about it. And mm. um, But we managed, it was, there's a lot of communication, there's a lot of need for communication in, in that situation. And the second part is, of course, in the whole legal uh, situation. The funds are involved in that. There's a lot of contractual work in the back of, a, of each project. And that's still ongoing. I mean, this is still, um, you know, clearing. The film can be exploited. Um, all the contracts are valid. And, and to, you know, the, the, as I said, the film as a, as a work of art is not affected by that. But it's um, sort of needs to be cleared where the rights lie and, and so on. So it's it's on, on the legal. The legal thing is an ongoing hmm. yeah, thing. There have been cases where bankruptcies stop productions and films don't come that's out. Well, yeah. so if, it, if it happens at an earlier stage of a production, it's very hard to to just go on. You, you just can't go on hmm. easily. Hmm. Yeah, many lessons to learn in this for sure. Uh, we'll move on to Minchul. We heard about your first bedfellow experience. This is your second co-production that you're going to say a bit about. Yeah, this uh, second pro second international co-production which is also the first Korean-Danish, uh, no, a Belgian co-production on South Korean professional video gamers. And, yeah. Should we watch the trailer yeah, first? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. Uh, it's a good time to, uh, to, to play some video and wake up a little bit. <laughs>
있습니다. 저희 꿈은 이제 홍삼수처럼 훌륭한 프로게이머가 되는 거예요. director says a bit about why it's a co-production, I guess. Uh, yeah, this is the... Um, uh, I got involved in this project as a minor co-producer. Co Actually, this is the, the also the first minor co-production. I mean, I don't know how many of you actually understand the term minor, minor producer, major producer, delegate producer. Um, but anyway... Um, this is the film um, by a Belgian filmmaker who is a bit nerdy and geeky, but I, I really... <laughs> He's a bit what, sorry? A bit nerdy, I nerdy. have to say. <laughs> no, I, it started with, a, with, a, with an email that I received from, from this man. He's, he's an excellent filmmaker. Um, I just received an email, out, just out of nowhere, just, hey, I just found you, uh, your contacts on, on the internet. And I have, an, I have a project about professional, Korean professional video gamers. And if you're interested in this project, I'd like to uh, share the, the treatment with you. And yeah, I said, yes, why not? And then when I received, the, when I read the, the treatment, I was just totally sold. Okay, this is, this is fun. And also the way, the attitude, the, the way he, he approached me was quite uh, gentle. And I, I could feel that he, he wasn't aggressive at all. He really respects the, the, the Asian way of uh, working, Asian way of uh, 
um, working together. And later I found out he has a Hong Kong wife. He's a Belgian guy who also spent, uh, you know, many years uh, in in Hong Kong, and uh, and he he was just genuinely in, into this kind of um, uh, virtual reality and all these uh, games, and 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 that's how I started this uh, this project. I mean, it's not it's not about money. I mean, of course, I I somehow made money, of course. And I, 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 I was able to pay my, uh, my, my staff, and also myself. But how I started it, how I started this project was uh, just genuine interest, and on the subject, and also on the filmmaker. And did you at some point think why should a Belgian make a film about a Korean phenomenon and not a Korean director? Why not Korean director? Yeah. Um, this is an interesting. Um, uh, perspective on the uh, Korean subject, and I haven't seen any any Korean guy has the same perspective on this because perhaps because uh, I mean um, um, the perspective on Korean subject. Perhaps you need to have a little bit of distance to have this kind of view on this what's happening, because what's happening there in the film is really bizarre. We 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 take this quite naturally for Koreans and also for Chinese people here, I can see. I mean, you, you have a, are you from China? Yeah? And you have a professional video game league and you, you know, you, the, the kids, they make million dollars just by clicking mouse and by playing the game. And this is very normal to us. It's nothing uh, strange. But uh, what we don't really know, uh, what we don't really see is that what it takes to uh, from from different point of view, what it takes to be a professional video gamer and what what is the price for this? Um, and so, he so has a. It was an advantage in this case that it was a, f a foreign perspective on it. I, I have to say so. Yes, yes, it was. A, this is perspective. Is uh, I'm sure that I already I did some research already when when he approached me. Like, is there any uh, other documentaries on, on 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 this subject? And I found many, but none of them has the same perspective. Um, so I I actually liked it, and I had a I didn't sleep with him, but I I had a good conversation with him actually, just to understand each other like you know uh, different level also intellectual I don't really have an intellectual level but still uh, philosophical yeah, do I have philosophy yeah. but anyways you're um, a guru so you must have anyway so yeah you know after uh, spending some time with with this guy then I thought okay you know. I will. I think I will enjoy. So, what can I do for you? And uh, basically, he needed uh, um, access. Cast. We needed to cast the right uh, protagonist for this film, and we also need. Yeah, for that because uh, we need to have a. We need to. We needed to clear the access because this is kind of a um, uh, closed society, and. They, the, the professional uh, video gamers, they, they look like uh, they're, they're semi-celebrities. They, they, you know, they are media people and they have fan base. The girls go crazy and they, they see them as a, like a superstar heroes. But the reality, like uh, the place they live, is like, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a ghetto basically. You, the, you know, the, 
a bunch of bunch of guys they they're living uh, in an in an apartment they they just playing games like 18 hours a day doing nothing but playing games and they don't want to show this part of so we we uh, we had to work we had to convince um the the owner owners of the the game teams and they have some big sponsors attached like samsung and so, so if if he had come with a purely belgian team do you think he would have gotten the access that he needed for the film uh, to be honest it it actually helped that, helped that the, he the fact that he is a belgian i don't think they would have uh, given the same access to to korean Oh, okay. Because it, it, this is a cultural uh, thing. They, they, yeah. I think you know what all the filmmakers who who have experience of making films abroad they understand. Like it's they, yeah. People think that oh, you don't understand this thing, so it, you know, they can easily fool. But but on the other hand, you setting up the strategy for how to do it, knowing Korea, would, yes. was probably helpful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, so access uh, the casting. And also uh, money, we uh, we we already uh, um, figured that we need to have a lot of archive material from the games. We had to use the, this all the game that they play, and yeah, it costs money. And yeah, and also the 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 the, the filmmaker already had the idea of opening this film with the with the Cineflex camera uh, aerial shot, which cost ten thousand dollars per hour. <laughs> uh, that's always nice to have in the budget. <laughs> we we heard of before about a, a German-Swiss co-production. That must be the two most orderly countries in the world, uh, and even that is complicated. But you had some specific Korean challenges in this case. Can you tell a bit about them? Because they can maybe give an idea of of the kinds of problems you can run into in yeah. countries that are not so used to co-production. Yeah. So I mean, uh, what I have said earlier is just the, the conditions. Um, it would have been really nice if everything uh, worked out as as we planned. But you know, um, we needed the money. But um, and and my challenge was to to finance about hundred thousand dollars from Korea, and that was uh, yeah, that was what we tried to to make as as uh, co-producers. Um, and then I, I realized that uh, in Korea, I think this 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 is applied to most Asian countries. I think it's the same. Uh, the subject is not the only condition that you can uh, access to to certain public money. You need to have a Korean like local local filmmaker, director. The cameraman is not enough. You have to have a Korean director in order to access to um, to uh, the public money. What did the Belgian say to that? Um, well, I mean, he is because he's an open-minded guy. He also lived in Hong Kong. He, uh, when he was eight, 19, 20, he also worked for a Hong Kong uh, ad agency. So he, he understands how things work in Asia. So he, yeah, I mean, he was not pleased, but he understand. So we, uh, what can we do? And he said, well, uh, as long as I don't have to uh, put this name, uh, on international version, I'm fine with it. So we created a ghost director. Uh, I think it was me. I, I don't remember. I think I put my name there as a as a. You, you as are a the ghost director. Ghost direct, ghost co-director for uh, that uh, the TV version 
And um, we needed, yeah, it's funny, but <coughs> I, I was very serious. And um, we also needed to have, um, uh, um, yeah, I mean, that fund didn't exist for a long time, but I discovered that there was a fund um, from uh, one uh, Korean uh, organ governmental organization that actually supports um, um, export of Korean uh, broadcast content. So uh, for that uh, to to access that that fund, we needed we needed to have a broadcaster, and they really liked the fact that we already have a, a European broadcaster uh, on board, which was RTVF or VLT. Um, but we also needed to have a Korean broadcaster. But uh, and and so we uh, I called a few uh, commissioning editors. We don't really have the concept. I mean, commissioning editor. We only have a chief producer in charge of the department. So we, I made a call, and and he said yes, okay, just come visit. When uh, when the director was in Korea for the red cat trip, so we went there uh, all the way from Belgium to to this broadcaster, and this guy came, and then, oh, we had a we yeah we are supposed to have a meeting today. Oh, okay, okay, and we we and I wanted to show the trailer. But he said, so what is, it, what is it about? And I don't need to see the trailer. What is it about? And I said, yeah, this is about the professional video gamers. Oh, Korean parents, they, when, they, when they see the video games on TV, they, they just turn off the TV. So I don't think we can do anything about it. So, um, so I mean, that's how this, this kind of subject was treated by the public, Korean public broadcasters. And then... Um, that was 2012, 2011, or 10 or 11. So I was like desperate. How can I find $100,000 for this film? And I, I, I realized that uh, um, Korean government was uh, uh, issuing the bro broadcast license to new, um, some of the new uh, broadcasters. Uh, most, most of them, like three, I think three or four broadcasters uh, um, got the, the TV license, the, so basically the new broadcasters born, and their companies, their mother companies are all newspapers. So they are, and one of them was uh, like uh, Fox News, very similar to Fox News, the you know right wing um, media, and they were looking for contents for the TV. They didn't, they just got the license, but without any. Uh, anything prepared, so they they were busy uh, hiring the TV producers, writers, directors, and then they were looking for the contents. So I I happen to know somebody who knows them, so I just ask, hey, can can we uh, can we co-produce something? And they say, what is it about? And yeah, it's about the professional video video game gamers. Yeah, I like it. I don't know. I didn't understand why he why he said. Uh, he's interested because the, the TV, the, this TV was only for um, this, the, the average, um, the, 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 what is called, uh, the demographic, or what? No. The, the age group for, of uh, the it's audience. For older people. Yeah, they are like over 50, 60, and they have nothing to do with, uh, with the professional <laughs> video game. But anyway, they say Maybe yes. Maybe the parents turn it off, but the grandparents, yeah. they, they turn yeah. off. So... <laughs> Yeah, for the sake of um, you know the meeting the conditions, we we just got the uh, 
broadcast on board and we apply for it. But the condition was that the money need to be, need to be spent through the broadcaster, not, not through me, not through the independent production company. So we, anyway, we just, it was really difficult and it's too, the time is too short to, to, to go all the, all the details, it's really terrible. But anyway, we ended up screening this film, the, the one, one and only version, which was like 40, 48 minutes or something. Uh, at three three o'clock in the morning, to just to make sure nobody watches it, <laughs> and we had a different title, and uh, ghost co-director, which is me. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not always all the components of creative input, audience, and uh, financing come together in in one nice little package. Actually, this thing about what you could call the color of money is quite important. And it's not only in Korea. Uh, I work with a Swedish state broadcaster. They have three currencies, so three colors of money uh, that's either sort of real hard cash. They seldom give that. And then they have two other colors, uh, which is money you have to spend in certain ways inside their organization, just as, as Minchul is explaining. So uh, it may look good on a financing plan. Wow, we got all this money. But once you uh, convert it, it's uh, it's more like Eastern European currency in the in the good old days, uh, not not worth the paper it's written on. Any questions for Minchul? Any uh, comments about Asian co-production or other things that come to mind? No. Okay, we'll move on to the last case. Um, which I think is interesting because it's a, it's a natural international story in some sense. Um, but still, that takes a bit of work. Yeah, and I, I chose to talk about it because it's something we, we pitched at the forum here and, and then was in it for the following year. And um, it's, a, it's a story about the, the Pink Panthers, the world's most successful diamond thieves, who, who basically come from the Balkans but carry out their daring raids pretty much all over the world. Um, and again, this is a case of not so much, co we were the only producer, but uh, we had various other partners, and uh, including BBC, uh, who came on quite early, uh, HBO, uh, the BFI, who have this uh, production fund, which is at that, that time was very much geared towards fiction films, so it was very difficult to, again, the... The paperwork was insanely uh, complicated. Uh, and then we had tax credit, uh, and we had SWR, so a German, German broadcaster, yeah. Um, and getting back to what I was saying before, in terms of the, the kind of having all these commissioning editors, in a way, they were, they again, they all knew each other, and they all, you know, also all knew the, the director, Havana Marking, so they were kind of very supportive of the film, and it was pretty clear the film involved quite a bit of animation so all that was kind of understood and and fortunately they all sort of basically liked it and and, and that that wasn't really a, a problem um and well and, and i mean the only problems were really coordinating all the all the all the paperwork really and all the the, the contradictory uh, needs and desires of each broadcaster in terms of premieres and, and uh, delivery and uh, even tech technical specs and, and all these things. So again, that's another issue. If you have a number of partners involved, it's, you know, the, 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 it has a knock-on effect. But um, we'll show you the trailer and then uh, we can talk a bit more about it. 
Fast-paced film on a something that should worry all of us diamond owners around the world. <laughs> Absolutely, we we thought of going to um, De Beers to sponsor the film, but they, they declined. <laughs> they uh, they have to produce more diamonds the more they're that's stolen, true. so well, they could yeah, have that's a role. Well, it's all a big inside job anyway. But they <laughs> what was the budget for a film like this? That was about seven hundred thousand euros. And euros or pounds. Uh, I guess pounds. Probably pounds. pounds. I think you said yeah, pounds yeah, earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was <laughs> and you could never finance that within the UK. Well, we we, we, we obviously we largely did with the help of of, of the BFI and and you know and, and 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 tax credit and 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 BBC. So I, I, I can't remember the percentages, but I mean actually you know a big un, you know a big chunk of of that did come from uh, from the UK. Um, and again, you know. Uh, as I say, it was the kind of story uh, that had lent itself. I mean, in fact, you know, there had been various raids in London by these Panthers, as well as in Germany and elsewhere. So again, this, it was a, a truly international story. In fact, when we released the uh, the film in America that that week, they the Panthers carried out their most audacious raid ever in in, in Cannes, and uh, this made the front pages of all the newspapers the week the film's coming out. So that was a a lucky uh, event, and uh, obviously people accused us of coordinating with these thieves to, to do that. But we wouldn't do such a thing. We wouldn't. Really. Um, but um, you know, and as I say, I use it as an example as something that was was actually positive and quite straightforward. And you know, um, and, I, and I and I guess that that is the way. Other times, you know, the, 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 you know, you, you get into this thing with one idea, and 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 then you know. Uh, Issues arise, as I say, especially over, I think, you know, contractual things. You know, that's very, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, uh, it's not my favorite area of this business uh, at the best of times, but when you're trying to, you know, coordinate um, different requirements um, 
And ultimately, it does require people to compromise. I mean, at the end of the day, you end up getting on the phone saying, unless you agree to scrap that clause or do this, we can't make this film. So you're going to just have to tell your business affairs people to scrap that clause, you know, or, or, or modify it. Could you be specific about what, what could... What could it Where do these well, things like completion guarantees, and, and, and which you would never normally have on a documentary, or, or, or even you know, I mean, delivery specs. Again, now, I mean, that's always an issue. I mean, everybody's now wants things delivered in 4K, and you know, you've shot it on a 5D, and you know, the, you know, the, 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 you know, basically, obviously, a contract is a template really for a, for a production, and you know, every film is different and has different. Um, you know, problems, if you like, or different challenges. So, um, you know, in terms of premieres and people want premieres and they want to, you know, they or, or, you know, people, as I say, unless people compromise, it can't be done. Mm. So that, 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 that's, I guess, the job of the producer <laughs> is to try and um, persuade people to, uh, that they don't need that clause, they don't need those rights, they don't need that holdback, they don't need that, because they don't, you know, at the end of the day, The film is 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 a co-production, and people need to be in balance with each other. And so, and what yeah. I mean, uh, have you been sitting meticulously going through contracts? Do you get advice from others? How do you put that? Together? No, I do. I get it. I get you know something like that, which is a big budget and a big you know thing. Um, we yeah, we have lawyers that will will try and and you have these try try or quad or however many people uh, agreements, party agreements. So that's, again, a huge nightmare, even getting one agreement that everybody is signed up to. It's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work, but, you know, I mean, otherwise, you know, this particular film wouldn't have been made, so... And, and legal costs, uh, you probably don't remember it specifically. Yeah, but they're but higher than they would normally be. Again, yeah. uh, you know, 10,000, 15,000, something like that. You know, pounds. it's kind of, yeah, pounds. I mean, it's... Um, so again, that's to be taken into consideration because, of course, you know the broadcasters aren't going to pay your legal fees. Or, I mean, you can put it in the budget, but then it's taking it away from from something else. So, um, and, yeah. and and for you, the cultural differences—you had HBO, you had German. It, what, did you feel the differences in 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 how they saw the story and how they saw the, the this project? Well, again, you know, these were people that knew you know Havana's work and and our work and I guess there was already a kind of agreement as to the tone of the film and and how it would be so I wouldn't say in this case that there were you know sort of that that, that kind of disagreement but um um and so you know so the German broadcaster didn't want us to feature German things particularly and and the Americans Actually, Why? Because there's no crime in Germany. I don't. I'm not sure. There probably was. I mean, they're pretty busy these guys. I'm sure there's some Berlin jewelers that have been taken over. But just in terms of, you know, we decided on the storylines that we had based on actually interviews with these gang members. So we were illustrating the film from their anecdotal stuff. And I think one of the the main heist is in Barcelona, uh, and then there's a really great one in Dubai. Um, which you see uh, you're, the, the you're a fan. <laughs> oh, that was a pretty spectacular one. But they actually caught the Dubai police actually caught them uh, in that particular raid. And when we showed the film in uh, in Dubai, Dubai Film Festival, we had about 50 Dubai police there, and they were just—I mean—they that, were just thrilled. I mean, they were the, like the heroes <laughs> of the whole thing, and and they're pretty cool as well. I mean, it's, it's so. You know, and in fact, you know, we didn't get any uh, uh, golf money, but we probably should have done because uh, it's 
and, and become American. For you, has it been a way of of getting audience in early on uh, for the film? I mean, you could have sold it to HBO afterwards. Did it make a difference that they were in early on? Yeah, of course. They're, they're, yeah, they're, that's a big uh, stamp of confidence, obviously. Um, and as you say, very often, you know, a, a major US distributor or broadcaster won't come on that early. And, uh, you know, you need to obviously therefore try and get the film moving to a point where they, they, they can commit. But, mm. but again, this was a pre-existing relationship with HBO. And mm. we, you know, so... You know. And and one thing you mentioned that is important is that commissioning editors come in groups, uh, and and some of the difficult uh, co-productions are the ones where they don't come in groups or they're from different groups or, for some reason, don't speak the same film language. Yeah, I I, I think and it, obviously you see it here. You, this is obviously very useful uh, situation to judge the relationships between broadcasters and of course you know some are more friendly with each other than others and some of them have long-standing relationships it may made 50 or 100 films together somehow so those things obviously work a bit more smoothly because you know they'll defer judgment to someone else or they you know they'll, they'll trust their fellow commissioning editors to uh to m maintain the quality of the film so uh but you know, I guess there are times when, when they don't know each other and, well, I say they don't trust each other, but they certainly want, know what they want and, and, and want to achieve it. And as I say, that can then be very, very difficult, you know, because, of course, I suppose the pecking order is reflected in the percentage that someone is investing in the film. So if someone has put in 80% of the funds and clearly their say-so <laughs> is more significant. But isn't, isn't, again, it's never that straightforward. Quite often you have people who have all put in 10% or 20% or something. So they have e financially equal editorial clout, you know. And uh, plus, you know, I mean, it's uh, you know very often, I would say, input from commissioning editors and people is very, very useful in making the film as good as it can be. So you don't want no input <laughs> you you seek uh, guidance and and, and, and and ideas and advice and all this so um, so you know and it, you know uh, it, in a perfect world you would put your team together based on how well these people agreed and and, and in, indeed had a pre-experience of, of making films together but you know then that, could, that can't always be the case and you have new broadcasters new people come into the thing and you're not going to not work with them so uh, but it's uh, you know, and, and and all these problems and all these challenges, however much you you consider them beforehand, at the end of the day, you, you know, you it is what it is, and you need to get stuck in there and, and be prepared to work at it. And you know, there isn't, there's no magic fix, there's no free lunches. It's all work, really. And and working to make that work is a lot of work. <laughs> It sounds like a closing comment. There's no such thing as a free lunch, but let's just hear any <laughs> questions, any suggestions for free lunches. Or We're actually considering, before we started here, making we, there should be a public list about how difficult is each country or each broadcaster. Uh, you had some suggestions for the most oh, difficult no, ones. Or, uh, do I'm we want to insult anyone? Uh, there may be Canadians in the room, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no. So any last questions or comments to our three? Have you been put off from co-producing? Do you think it's an evil necessity or will you go out there with bright energy doing it tomorrow onwards? Well, we'll never know. Thank you so much. Ah, there's a question here. Thank you. Uh, may I ask you, 
for the uh, last minute of our meeting, just structure the types, different types of co-production and different names of co-producers. Sorry, I don't, uh, did you understand the question? Talk about the different types of co-production and yeah. the names of the different producers. Well, that's a, perhaps uh, okay. a, a more difficult thing to do. But The very short version, major is the country where the film is mainly made and the most money comes from. Minor is a smaller uh, part of the financing and of the making of the film. And delegate producer, which was mentioned earlier, is the one running the production, so to speak. But, I mean, this is a whole elaborate system and, and uh, media, and if starting from where we started, Eurodoc is a good place to learn about it. There are other places as well. It's, it's an elaborate European system, and in, in Europe there are rules for it, but as you hear, in Korea, other places, it works in a different way, and you can also find uh, funding in Europe that works in a different way where it doesn't click as a system. So I hope that you've learned today that it's, uh, it's good to start on a personal level. It starts with trust, um, but then on from there, you have to go into agreements, you have to look at the details, you have to see what color the money has, uh, and then films get made and everyone ends up quasi happy. Okay, thank Jacob, you so much for coming. Jacob, sorry, Jacob, can I add one, one thing? I mean, we talked a lot about the money. We talked a lot about the finance, the financing aspect of, of the thing. Yes, we, 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 we covered a lot. But, like, I, I, I mean, I, I've been doing this Eurodoc, and I am also working with the um, uh, crossing, crossing borders. I mean, but I always feel that there is a um, uh, need for the meeting ground between the creative talents. The directors need to meet the editors, and the and directors also need to meet uh, not only between the producers and producers, but also the sound designer, composer. That's that's really important. I think that's that's why you need to go party, and that's why you need to meet people and get drunk and get to know each other. And I I think that's really important because it, it has to be fun. Otherwise, you have to be no free lunch, creative. but a lot of parties. Yeah. <laughs>